Now premiering on the Studio DNA Network, Sif Pop Writers Room, a new show consisting of the writers of SifPop.com. On a rotating basis, we'll be discussing some classic movies we're watching for the first time, some comic book movies, some nostalgic movies, and what TV shows we're currently watching. But each week, we'll also be taking a look at the movies that are coming out soon and give our thoughts on how we think they will turn out. If you love movies, Sif Pop Writers Room is the place to be. So come on in and we will pull up a chair for you. Welcome to the Wobizzle podcast for female freelancers and solopreneurs. I'm Michelle. And I'm Melissa. And we're here to help you thrive in a career where you set the terms. Let's get started. Welcome to season two of the Wobizzle podcast. Today's episode is the pandemic pivot. Yes, this year has been a pivot the entire year. Yes, COVID-19 has certainly turned everyone's world upside down, and it has ours as well. And we're going to get to uh, to the point of the podcast here in just a bit, but we did want to tell you, well, first, maybe we want to apologize for being gone for so long. Yeah, it's still <laughs> March in my mind. I don't know if that makes it any better, but it's still <laughs> March in my mind. Yeah. You know, I look back at uh, at our podcast episodes and the last podcast episode is kind of funny because it was around this time last year and it was a back to the studio episode. It was like a 20 minute episode where we were super excited to get back in the studio and start a new season. And then it just didn't happen. Right. It didn't. And it wasn't because we didn't intend for it to happen. It was just, whew. Right. It, I think, you know, we fall is traditionally my busiest time of the year. And I think it is yours as well for work. And uh, then the holidays and then by golly, COVID-19. So we did not get back into the studio. But what we did do during that time is we did a lot of reflection on kind of the intention of Wobizzle and of this podcast. And I think what we've, we've come to determine is that, um, well, we, we, it's not, that we've determined it's that we are headed this direction. We've we're shifting the direction of Wobizzle to focus primarily on female freelancers and solopreneurs. So those one woman shops, most of the content that we were putting out there, especially on the podcast seemed to be focused on that audience. And then also, I think, I think we're, we're very uniquely qualified to help folks like us. Well, because they're like us. I mean, this is who we are. This is what we do. And I think that this is where our expertise is really valued. Yeah. And I think we've drifted that direction because, and we've been drawn in this direction because I, I feel like we really can make a difference for for people, people like us. So so that's, that's where we're headed. Now, certainly if you're a, a woman business owner who's been listening to us for a while or following our blog, there's still information there that can help you. And we wel- welcome you. We want you to be part of our, our community. We did want you to know that we are shifting our, our, our focus of our content uh, more toward those female freelancers and solopreneurs. So that brings us to today's episode topic, the pandemic pivot. And really, we're offering today some direction for some folks. We know that there have been some folks that have been laid off from their jobs early on in the pandemic, and now maybe realizing that their job's not coming back, or maybe they're concerned, maybe they have gone back to work, but they're a little concerned about the security of that job uh, moving forward. And so also for, for women who have, who have their own businesses, solopreneurs out there that 
maybe their businesses have been turned kind of upside down or right. their their work is dried up and they feel like they need to sh- shift in a different direction. Well, and you know, call me Pollyanna here. This kind of reminds me of 2008. I mean, this is much more extreme and intense. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of job loss and a lot of upheaval in 2008, mm-hmm. which also turned out 2008, 2009, and 2010 were my best years to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just being able to pivot quickly and react to the changing marketplace where the key to kind of stability right now can be found. Right, for sure. And I think that's something even even in the best of times, it's always good for a freelancer to to be thinking about oh, things like passive income are very important and something that a lot of folks are kind of turning to now and trying to bring in that extra revenue stream because you can only bill so many hours. You can only work so many hours in a day. So those are Although there definitely seems to be a lot more hours in the day lately. <laughs> it's just me, but these are the longest days of my life. <laughs> and it does feel like like they're the longest days of your life, but the time is also in some ways moving so quickly because you're right. It does seem like you had mentioned earlier that uh, prior to us hitting the record button that you felt like it was still March. I probably <laughs> do. I'm waiting for my kids to come home for Easter. It's September, by the way. <laughs> it's crazy to me. I mean, yeah. kids are back to school, that it's, you know, the season is changing. I mean, I was putting flower beds to sleep for the season yesterday. And in my mind, we haven't even had Easter yet. So I'm just very confused. Right. And my tomatoes are confused too, by the way. My tomatoes, I still have, I, my tomatoes have just started coming on. It's September. Oh, wow. And they're, so they're all green and they're probably not going to make it till the frost. They're not going to get ripe before the frost. And so I think for them, it was kind of like that too. They were like, holy crap, it's, <laughs> we should be ripe by now. <laughs> but anyway, so, but uh, in seri- all seriousness, we have actually, we have come across some folks who, uh, okay, I have to say this. I just, <laughs> I said in all seriousness and Siri came up on my phone and she is now dictating everything that I'm saying on my phone. That's terrifying. And I'm sorry to digress, but I'm going to have to turn her off and turn her over. When I am calling for my husband, sometimes I'll say, Hey, sweetie. And she'll pick up on that too. It's, this is a whole other episode about how (laughs) we're being listened to. by. (laughs) <laughs> I'm being listened to all day long. <laughs> but anyway, again, sorry to digress. But uh, we actually have encountered some folks. I've I've encountered a, a good friend of mine who contacted me, gosh, probably about six or eight weeks ago. And she was calling to tell me that she had been laid off from her job. And uh, well, she had been laid off previously. So she had been laid off like kind of at the beginning of the pandemic. Then she called and said, my job's not coming back. And I need, I just need to talk to somebody. I think I might want to freelance. You know, I just need some advice. And her job, what's kind of funny about it is her job is a job that I would never have expected would not have been considered mission critical for the organization where she worked. Wow. You know, when she was initially laid off, the organization laid off a lot of, like, I think about half of their staff. And I think probably a lot of folks, even the folks that were making those tough decisions, were probably thinking, okay, this will buy us some time while we've got pandemic unemployment assistance. Our folks can get unemployment while we try to regroup and figure out our budget and how we're going to move forward. But then 
when that time came in like mid July, they, they couldn't bring everyone back. Right. And so, so it's kind of a, I mean, there's some stuff happening. There's some shakeups happening out there where people are having to make tough decisions. People who own or manage businesses are having to make tough decisions about moving forward. And there are a lot of folks that their jobs may be insecure right now, even if they have mm. come back. So there may be some reasons that folks might be thinking, hey, maybe I'll try this freelance thing. Maybe that'll work for me. I know there's opportunity because we, we're we seeing opportunities with our businesses since I, I had a little bit of a little bit of a slowdown at the beginning, but now I'm just busier than I typically am. Like right. last month, I, I invoiced twice what I would normally invoice. And so yeah. it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of, of businesses that are, maybe they had to, had to lay off their internal staff. So now they're turning to freelancers for, yeah. for services. That's what happened in 2008 and 2009. A lot of positions were eliminated, but the work still needed to be done. So freelancers were able to step in mm-hmm. and pick up the one-off and, you know, maybe short series projects and still managed to make a very good living. And I think that that opportunity still exists, probably more so this year than it did last year, because some of the positions are being eliminated, but the work still needs to be done. So I think it's really a matter of you kind of, if you're you're thinking about freelancing, you're thinking, okay, maybe I don't want to go back to the nine to five thing. Then I think you need to just kind of take a step back and consider your situation. Right. So like how much first of all, do you have a cushion? Do you need to make money right now? Or do you have any type of financial cushion? Do you have a spouse or a partner that maybe is bringing a second income into your house that you have a little time? Do you have some, do you have something to help you pay the bills right now while you're getting your freelance career started? And I think that's really important to think about that because it does take a little while for, for things to get started and for you to start making the kind of money that you can actually support yourself with. Well, and I think if you don't have some sort of a cushion right now, whether it's unemployment, a spouse, you know, whatever, that freelancing is still a viable option, but maybe in the form of a side hustle. Yes, definitely. And, and also that's another thing. I'm glad you raised that point because that's another thing to think about is if you are considering freelancing, what is your commitment to freelancing right now? Is it is it a temporary fix to get you between point A and point B, with point B being another nine to five job, a full time full time job, or is it something that you seriously think you're ready to just jump in, feet first, and and do it as a more permanent career as a as a career change? Right. And I think you need to be really honest with yourself about that before you get started. And it may change. You may say, you know, I think I'm just going to do this temporarily. I'm going to keep looking for a job. And, you know, three months down the road, you may say, you know what, I kind of like this. And I think I, I think it's working for me. And I want to continue. But I think before you for both, both ways right now, I mean, I think that there's opportunities, regardless of whether you want it for the short term, or whether this is your new jam, you know? Yes. Yeah. But I think it's important for you to 
to kind of assess the situation and make that decision. It doesn't have to be a final decision, but make that kind of that choice. So you kind of know what direction to go and, and you know what else you need to be doing. So right. if you think you just want to use it as a temporary fix, you still keep looking for your full-time employment or maybe part-time employment or whatever it is. But yeah, you do kind of need to, to address that within your own expectations uh, going in. Exactly. And then it's really important also just to, to assess your skills. What do you have that is marketable? Mm-hmm. Consider what your skills are and whether or not they're marketable right now, because some things, things have shifted and some things are more marketable than, than others right now. Well, and some and so, industries are just gone right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if you're in travel or hospitality or, you know, those are your specialties, that's a vast empty right now. Right. Yes. But what skills do you have maybe outside? And that's where it kind of really requires that whole idea of the pivot. Maybe you are in travel or hospitality. Right. What skills do you have that you took to your job every day that are marketable skills? Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in travel, um, you're good with logistics. Right. You're probably a good project manager. There are things like that that are still that are marketable skills. There are people that hire freelance project managers. Oh yeah. So, you know, you're probably not gonna get a uh, you know, a six figure uh contract right off the bat, but you might be able to to find basically some footing in industries that need your help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's opportunities for uh for you know, it, if you've done any writing, if you're a good writer, even if you're not, you don't consider yourself to be a writer. There are people that need people to write things for them. We know this. This is how we make a living. <laughs> but there, there's a whole lot of folks out there that don't, their job description is not they're a writer, but right. they write every day and they write different things. So maybe you write, uh, you know, even if it's just business communications, there's people need help with, with, all kinds of writing projects. Oh yeah, I do. And so there's a lot of business communications, just mm-hmm. memos, letters, that sort of thing. Help with messaging. Yeah. It doesn't have to be all copyrighty or blog worthy or anything else. Sometimes it's just stringing words together. Exactly. So there's there are opportunities for those types of things. There are opportunities for you know virtual assistants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if you were downsized and you had a virtual assistance, exactly. If you had a position where you were doing a lot of administrative work and you've been downsized, there is opportunity for you and you don't have to be in the same community as your Mm-mm. clients. We both of us, our clients, very few of our clients are local with all of the access, to all of these tools that allow you to connect with people you no longer are limited by your geographic location right. in providing with these providing these types of services. That being so, said, it is good to start locally, especially within your own network. Absolutely. And that's that is so important. When you are assessing your skills after you've kind of been able to determine, okay, here are the things that that may be marketable. A next question to ask yourself before you just decide to plow forward and um and do freelancing is, is what kind of network do you have? Mm -hmm. Do you have, it doesn't have to be a huge network, but do you have a network? Do you have people that you are connected to that you can reach out to and say, here's what I'm doing. Can you help me spread the word? And that's 
one thing that I really want to reinforce is that you're not calling them for work. Okay. So you don't sell to your network. Your network sells you. That's the way it works. It doesn't always happen instantly. You have to have some patience, but it will happen. If you reach out to your people and you ask for help, it will happen. That's what a network is, a way to connect. And I mean, we'll help others connect. They will help you. This isn't a big ask. This isn't, don't feel uncomfortable about it. I mean, if my situation changed tomorrow, the first thing I would do was, would be to reach out to my network, my entire network. This is what I'm looking for. Please let me know if you hear of anything or who do you know that I need to know? Just tell me who I need to reach out to. I'll reach out to it myself. Mm-hmm. But yes. it doesn't have to be a big, scary, uncomfortable, like, oh, you're not calling them and asking them to pay your mortgage. No. <laughs> you're calling and asking them for a connection. That's exactly what your network is for. Right. And that your network right now has never been more important. No. You know, and even if you don't need help right now, still reaching out to people just to say hello, checking in with them. How are you doing? Right. You doing okay? I've had some of that too. Just people not looking for anything, just touch a base. How's, how are things on your end? You staying busy? Yes, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And how are you? Same, you know, but we're keeping in touch. We're keeping in touch on LinkedIn, via text message, email, whatever. Keep that network alive right now and keep it, check on people, check to see how they're doing. You never know what can pop up. You well, can be calling somebody or texting somebody to check in on them. And they can end up saying, hey, by the way, I just came across this or that. You need to connect with this person. I mean, networking, these types of connections can happen where you're least expecting them. Well, and especially right now, we're having a singular experience. We are all navigating this very unprecedented, unpredictable, unknown situation together. Mm -hmm. It'd be just like the tornado took out our street. All the neighbors would come out. It's kind of the same thing. We're all globally having a singular experience right now. And so being more in touch with those around you is not unheard of. I mean, people are doing it and you should do it as well. Exactly. And if we can circle back to to the skills aspect of this, you know, make sure, especially if you are, if you've left a job and this is your first time freelancing or first time considering freelancing, you're reaching out to your network, make sure you're able to kind of clearly communicate what your skills are, what you're going to be putting out there for potential clients right. when you're when you're reaching out to your network. Make sure they know because if they knew you as office manager for company XYZ, they might not exactly know how that's going to work in a freelance area. Well, so make sure you kind of clearly defined what what kind of services you're going to offer or what kind of value you're going to be able to bring a potential client. This is me saying what I need to do because I haven't updated my online portfolio in years. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit it. Like if anyone went to my website right now, they think, good Lord, she calls herself a writer. It's been <laughs> years. But we've all got, you know, that's one thing we've all got right now is some time. So go mm-hmm. to Squarespace, get a landing page, put together a quick online portfolio slash resume to where you can highlight some of your skills. You can list some of your experience. Then you've just got a URL. Here's what I'm doing. You know, Here's what I'm good at. Here's some of my experience. Because like you said, someone might know you as an office manager. They might not know you're also a video editor or that you've done some photography or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. get it on there. Show it. Share it. You can do the same thing on LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. I highly recommend if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, 
you go over to LinkedIn and you set up a profile. If you do have a LinkedIn profile, get over there and polish it up and start start communicating, start posting, start start interacting with people there. And something that I, in the past, there's just kind of a little nugget. In the past, I have not encouraged this. LinkedIn, you have your name on your profile, but then you also have like your title. Mm-hmm. And in the past, it's been kind of, people have said, oh, you really, instead of just saying, I am, this is my job title, you should say, you know, talk about like, like, for example, for chamber speak, Michelle West chamber speak, instead of president of chamber speak, I had, I helped chambers tell their stories. Okay. So client that value proposition right now I've switched it back. I've switched it to where it says freelance in my job title, because I know people on LinkedIn are searching for freelancers. So there's a little tip on your, if you are freelancing or considering, you know, maybe you're now un, unemployed and are considering launching a freelance career, get in there and put freelance in your title because employers, clients are looking for freelancers on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And if it's in your title, in, in your job title, on your profile, they're going to find you. I saw mine the other day, showed how many uh, people had searched and what words they had searched for. And, uh, that's, that helped me realize I'd done it a while back, but helped me realize, okay, that was, that was worthwhile for me to do that. So yeah, just a little, little, little extra tip there, but also with your skills and this is on LinkedIn. And if you get a website on Squarespace or Wix or, you know, WordPress or whatever, whatever platform you decide to, to use, if you go the direction of getting a website and I recommend that you do, um, you can do your portfolio, obviously, on your website, but you can also do some featured portfolio pieces on LinkedIn as well. So if you if you don't have the money to or the time right now to, to pull together a full website, at least go over to that LinkedIn profile and get that going because it's free. It's pretty easy. It's like an online resume. And you also have the opportunity to interact with people in that platform. Right. So. And it really Definitely is head over there. way to connect, you know, someone that you worked with five years ago at a different company, you'll find them on LinkedIn. I mean, yes, your network, that's the best way to connect with them and, and to update them. Yeah. And, you know, I don't usually recommend this, but I'm going to tell you a little story that comes out of my life here in the last few weeks. I had a gentleman uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. He's a, uh, does voiceover work. Mm-hmm. And I think we had a shared connection and he uh, requested to link in to connect with me, but he also sent a message because you can customize that message. He sent a message with that connection request and he said, you know, I do voiceover work and he just kind of explained, you know, kind of what he does and why he wanted to connect with me. He saw that I was a video producer. I was like, well, sure. Yeah. You know what? I need voiceover people. Like I don't need them all the time. I don't need them right this minute, but when I need one, I need one now, you know, kind of thing. So it helps me to have more availability because sometimes the people that I lean on, they don't have the right voice or maybe they're not available or whatever. And so sure. I want more people in my stable, so to speak, to access when I need someone. And he and I have messaged back and forth and, you know, I said, Hey, and he probably wasn't expecting this, but I basically linked connected with him. And I said, Hey, can you send me some samples? And he sent me some samples and I listened to the samples and I thought these are great. And so I emailed back or 
messaged him back and said, hey, what are your rates? I would like to have it kind of know what they are in advance so that if I have a project coming up that your voice is right for, I already know what it's going to cost. So I can tell my client, here's how much you need to budget for this particular voice. And so we've interacted four or five times in the past three or four weeks. And this was a basically a cold, a cold outreach for him, you know, I mean, he didn't know me. Wow. We had a mutual connection. But you know, things can work like that if you if you approach things the right way. And again, it's not it's not about you so much uh, trying to get your friends and and your former coworkers to to hire you to do things, but just reaching out to that network and seeing where there may be opportunities for you to connect with other people that can that might need your services. Well, and moving beyond the network, I had a call with with a potential freelancer last week, and you know she was trying to get her bearings and determine what was next and you know, her job had been eliminated right before the lockdown, which made it hard to find another job. And then now she has a child, you know, with mm-hmm. child care concerns and all of that. Um, years ago, I read a book about reach, you know, cold calling ad agencies. And I mm-hmm. did it. And I made mm-hmm. money. <laughs> I mean, and it was the yeah. thing I ever did. But I just reached out. And I'm like, hey, in case you ever have any overflow, you know, I'm a copywriter. Here's my portfolio. I would love to talk. And I made money that way for years, but also it didn't just help me make money in the immediate sense. It helped me build relationships that are still ongoing. I'm still getting work based on those relationships today. And if you're just starting out, there's no place better to build a book, to build a a varied portfolio than by working for an ad agency. I can't think of one agency that doesn't outsource. You're right. You're absolutely right. And depending on your location, I mean... I'm in the Midwest. Some, you know, going rates here are less than they are on the coast period. I still make a very good living, Mm -hmm. especially based on the cost of living of where I'm at. But a lot of your coastal ad agencies like Midwest talent. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, if you're working within your own community, you may need to, your hourly mate, your hourly rate, I can't talk. Why can I not talk? Because we haven't talked in a long time. We're not even the same. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I know I can't see you. This is hard for us. I we we're t- typically we're just a couple feet apart, sharing a microphone, watching each other's expressions and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and yeah, laughing. Yeah, exactly. And we we can't even see each other right now. We're just we've just got our microphones and in front of us and and we're, but we're still having a good time. We are still so, having a good time. So, yes. It's the pandemic podcast. Yes. But anyway, what was I saying? Oh, you might have to uh, drop your rate a little bit if you're working locally. You just kind of need to be prepared. And it, we're huge proponents of raising your rates and charging what you're worth. There may be some situations, especially with if you're working with an agency, where you may not get you know your published rate. But as Melissa said, you're building an incredible book. You are building relationships for the future. You're just really building building a stronger network for yourself that will pay off down the road for sure. Well, and I always got paid a little bit less working for ad agencies. I mean, I think that's a given because they're going to mm-hmm. have to keep their percentage as well. But I always got more hours. And so really, it, it depends on you. You know, if somebody's going to give me 20 hours for... $10 less an hour than what I normally take. That's 20 hours I didn't have. And so early on when I was more focused on building the book and demonstrating my diversity than anything, 
it was a perfect situation. Absolutely. And you can decide, you know, as, as you build are able to build clients elsewhere, if you want to take those types of, of projects or not. And often it's not like a, it's not a situation where if you say no once, they're not going to call you again. Oh no. So I, I get calls. <laughs> right. So I have a, a website designer that I work with on a pretty regular basis. And the first time that I couldn't do a project for him, I knew him really well. I wasn't real nervous, but it was, there was a little piece of me that was like, well, what if, what if like I say no and he never calls me again? Right. Well, no, that didn't happen. I said, no, I said, I, I'm, I'm too busy right now. I'm going to have to refer you. And I think I might've referred him to you. <laughs> you did. That was yeah. the only time he called. I mean, we did a good job. <laughs> and, uh, but I referred, I've referred him, uh, to someone else to, to Melissa and uh, yeah, the next time he had a project, he he called and he's like, hey, are you available for this or that? So it's, you know, when you have working relationships with people, people understand, especially if they're kind of in a similar boat as you, where they're, they're, they're having overflow work, so they're having to outsource, they understand that you may be too busy right now too. So, right. and that's all about the relationship. So it's- The ebb and flow of the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. As you're- trying to decide whether freelancing is the right thing for you, there's a whole other thing to consider too. And that's the, you know, you're, you're working by yourself. You are, um, you're working for yourself. You're your boss. You have a bunch of other bosses cause you've got clients, but you ultimately kind of are, are your own boss, but there's a whole lot of things, characteristics that, that you need to have if you, you need to know that you have, if you want to be successful. I mean, you obviously need to be self-motivated, right? You have to be able to do the job even when you don't want to do the job. (laughs) I get that question sometimes. They're like, how do you do it? And it's like, well, I like living in a house. I mean, you go to work every day and you can't go in and say, oh, I'm just not feeling it today. I mean, you have a job to do. Yeah. And we have... We have a whole set of strategies that can go with that. That's for another episode, uh, how to how to motivate yourself when you're feeling very unmotivated. Because it happens, I, I don't know if it happens to you or not, but it happens to me where I do have days when I'm like, I don't, I just don't feel like doing this today. And what so I'm on those days is busy work. If mm-hmm. I do some invoicing, if I need to do some research, if I need to you know, those things that add up on your list. If I'm not feeling creative, I still stay busy. Yes. Yeah. And it, it can be difficult to be creative all the time. You can oh you know, reach like a block sometimes, especially I find it when I am doing a lot of writing and writing is hard about, about yeah, yeah. It's, and it's 60, probably 60%, 60 to 70% of, of what I do is writing. And it's, there are days when I'm just like, I can't do it anymore. I cannot do it. And sometimes it's not so much that I have a block. It's just that I just don't want to do it. I don't right. want to do it. it and so the brain power, I mean, it really does. Yeah. And so that that's usually a signal that you that you need a break. But, um, but yeah, there's you definitely have to be able, you have to be self motivated to begin with. But then you also have to be able to motivate yourself when you're not self-motivated and that can be a challenge and you, you will know yourself better than anybody else. And if, 
you're not that person, this is not a long-term decision for you. No. It may it may be a temporary uh means to an end. It it gets you through a rough patch before, you know, until you get a, another full-time job. But I would say the top quality of a freelancer or solopreneur is you've got to be self-motivated. You do. And if if you struggle with that and some of these other topics that we'll talk about, that doesn't mean freelancing can't be a really great side gig because I've used right. that, you know, I've had yes. a full-time job and freelanced on the side and Hey, that's a great way to make an extra thousand bucks a month or whatever you need to kind of put you over the edge. But, you know, so it's not that all of this time and energy would be lost. It would just be you deciding, Hey, this may, you know, this may be better for me as a side hustle than as a full-time thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah, if you still have the skills and you have the network and you have the ability to to get jobs, uh, get projects, yeah, then absolutely it could work in work in as a side hustle or a temporary fix between jobs right. for you. But but it's definitely not a long haul thing for you if if you're not that person. And I honestly don't know if you can become that person if you're not naturally built that way. I don't know. I I would be interested in hearing from from listeners who felt like they weren't self-motivated and were able to make themselves self-motivated. Right. Cause I, I think it's something that's innate, but I may be wrong. It may be trainable. So. I think in a way it is trainable. I mean, because I've become a lot more self-motivated over the years. I think mm-hmm. this was a side thing for me, or it was what I did while I was raising my kids early on. I didn't have that urgency needing to make a certain amount of money and needing to deliver a certain amount of, you know, whatever it was I was doing. Now that urgency is very present. I've got bills. I've got things that I need to be able to pay for quickly (laughs) or whatever. Right. (laughs) And so that's been very good towards my self-motivation. Along with self-motivation, I think self-reliance is pretty important as well. Yes. You know, you have to, you're the, you're the person. Yeah. You have, you're, you're, you're everything. So. Sounds kind of terrifying, but right now it's super empowering. It's super mm-hmm. empowering to know that my next paycheck starts and stops with me. I'm not depending on some nameless, faceless person to keep the company afloat because there's companies closing all over this country, all over the world hourly at this point. It's up to me. How fast can I hustle my next project? And so that's not a scary feeling. It's an empowering feeling. And you might want to check how you feel about that. Do you need someone else to be in charge of your bottom line or do you feel up to the challenge of being in charge of it yourself. A, a nine to five job is not necessarily secure. No, no. It, you know, people, people used to, now. yeah. And people used to joke, people would say, oh, well, you're tight. You're a freelancer. That means you don't have a job. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> no, That's no, horrible. right. Exactly. I do have a job. <laughs> I actually make more in my job now than I ever made working for someone else. You have a lot more responsibility, probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it, I think people get a false sense of security when they work for someone else and freelancing isn't for everyone. It's not for everyone by any stretch of the imagination. But if you are, if you feel like you could be self-reliant, if you have, if you believe in yourself and your ability to take care of yourself it's definitely, I, I have absolutely no regrets. And I think it's, it's kind of the thing that I should have been doing long before I started doing it right. in ways. 
Oh, I agree. I love, love, love what I do. I love the fact that I am in control. I love the fact that I am responsible for my what's next. You know, I work right now primarily all of my hours for one client, which I know sounds terrifying, but I keep my network strong and robust. I keep side projects coming in and out. I keep my contacts fresh. If something happened and my situation changed tomorrow, I would turn to my network and I would be busy again by the end of the month. I have no doubt. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that, and again, that network is so important. And because you're in a good position right now and you're not needing work, it's the great time to be feeding that network. Right. Because, because, you know, that'll come back. That's money in the bank if you ever need it. Right. I found an article I wanted to share with you guys because I think it would be relevant to our listeners because of right now, everything is so uncertain, whether you have a job or whether you're freelancing. I mean, like I said, we're having a singular, unprecedented kind of experience. Um, This was in Forbes recently, and it says that the period following the announcement of COVID-19 as a pandemic was scary for freelancers and employees. Millions and millions of employees were furloughed or laid off. And at that time, back in March, close to 32% of freelancers reported that demand had decreased. Mm -hmm. But freelancer optimism remained fairly high. Almost Mm -hmm. three quarters of freelancers at that time surveyed said that they believed demand would return to pre-COVID levels or increase. That optimism of the greater freelance community appears to have been well-founded, pioneer P-A-Y-O-N-E-E-R, a Payoneer survey points out that freelancers' expectations were accurate. COVID-19 led to a short-term slowdown in revenue growth, but has returned even stronger. So think yeah. about that for a minute. The work is there. This is like 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely the situation for me. The first, oh, probably the first two months. Right. I had, I had project, a big project get put on hold. I had another big project get canceled, not coming back. And I had uh, another kind of medium sized project that hadn't started yet. And I wasn't really hadn't really budgeted for it. It had popped out of the blue in February, and then was off was off the plate by mid March. (laughs) Um, It uh, and it's not come back yet. But oh, about June, things started to come back. And then, as I mentioned, August, I had, I had probably a record, maybe not a, maybe not a lifelong record, but definitely a record, a record month. It was probably in the top five of, of since I've been in business, the top five, five revenue producing months. This article goes on to say that 40 million Americans were unemployed by late May. But one market that seemed to weather the COVID-19 storm was the U.S. freelance economy. Uh, U.S.-based freelancers, which until last year made up 35% of the American workforce, saw a surge in demand even as full-time labor was suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's time. I mean, if this is something that you've thought about or you're pushed into a position where you really need to think about it, don't be afraid. The work is there. Absolutely. It's there. And there's plenty for everyone. You know, you don't have to worry about the freelancer community is I feel like the freelancer community is so welcoming and so referral based. You know, we don't really, the ones who are doing it right don't really see each other as competition, because we know the work is out there. Um, Yeah. So, you know, if you know other folks that have been 
freelancing in your community, reach out to them and say, Hey, I, I think I'm going to, I think I want to do this. Can you, can I ask you a few questions? Um, I think you would be surprised at the people who are definitely willing to help. I know that my, before I started freelancing, I, uh, I contacted, it was a cold call to a woman. I, somebody had said, Oh, you need to call this person. Uh-huh. And, uh, they, uh, I called this person and she was the, the freelance writer in our metropolitan area. And I called and I said, uh, Hey, you know, you don't know me, <laughs> but, and, um, I said, I really want to get into freelance writing. And I was wondering if I could take you to lunch. And she said, sure. And so we sat at lunch and she, I, she answered all of my questions and, then I didn't see her for, I, I didn't see her again for a while, you know? Right. And then next thing I know, it was a couple of years later, I had started, I wasn't freelancing yet, but I was, I, I mean, I was still, I was doing it kind of as a side hustle and she got in touch with me and she said, Hey, I have a, I have a project. Would you like to help with this project? And from there, we worked together on a few things um, and actually became really, really good friends. And but she out of the blue just, you know, got a call from somebody that, you know, some alleged, I'm using air quotes, writer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> who wanted to freelance. And she took the call, she helped me out, and and my life is better for it. And I think that, you know, if somebody called me, I would do the same. For them, oh, I, I don't would. see anyone as competition. I, you know, any if anything, it makes it helps it helps raise all of us because well, you know we all we're in the same industry. I mean, regardless, what, you know, wherever your specialty is, you're going to have industry peers. Bottom line, mm-hmm. yeah. And I recently had a cl- long-term client who brought in an ad agency for another project, which I recommended he do. Mm-hmm ad agency called me, took me to lunch to make sure they weren't stepping on my toes because he was <laughs> my client. And I thought, you know, how cool is that? Because they could have eaten me for lunch. I mean, they've got a whole agency mm-hmm. and I'm just me, but we're right. all in the same boat. And if we're all respectful to, and we're referring to, we're helping one another, you know, talking about the power of the network. My career is what it is in part because of my network with you. I mean, we were referring work to each other way before we became friends. Yeah, and that's kind of how the world goes around for freelancer. Right. So if you're if you're starting out and that's an important quality I guess is to I don't know how to describe that in a word or two, Rick, collaboration I suppose. Uh-huh. Uh is to be a collaborator and to be someone who helps other people out and and is not uh doesn't feel highly competitive with right. the peers in their market because when you're first starting out especially there is that tendency to feel that way. And I think you will find that anybody who's been doing it a while would probably kind of smirk and kind of get a little chuckle out of it, knowing that you felt that competitive in your market. And I'm sure there's places where it's, it's highly competitive, right? but But I I have always felt like you could just, I mean, it's the work will come if you, if you approach it with the right attitude, you do all the things right. You know, you leverage your network, you do quality work, you meet your deadlines the work's going to come to you right. and build that network. That's just another tool. Those peers, the people that are doing the same thing as you are in your market or nowadays outside of your market, it can be 
somebody that lives a thousand miles away from you, but you've, you're connected with, it's just another tool for you to, to grow your business. Right. So we can all work together. I think everything starts with your network every single mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what else, what else do people need to, to, to know about themselves before they decide to go down the road of well, freelancing? One thing I think right now, like if you've been furloughed or if you've been sent to work from home, like if you're still working in J-O-B, mm-hmm. if you hate working from home, you need to stop and look at that. Because yeah. if you're going to go into the freelance business, 90% of your work time is going to be at a desk or in a coffee shop or whatever, but it's going to be you mm-hmm. by yourself. And if you're struggling right now with being sent to work from home or if you're, you know, furloughed or laid off and you're struggling with that, if you need more social interaction, that's, that's something to stop and pay attention to in my mind. Yeah. And that, that is a struggle for some people. It is. You know, my daughter's been sent to work from home and she really struggled with it. I had another friend who was sent to work from home during the initial shutdown. Same thing. She called me and she was like, how do you stop? She goes, I keep finding myself checking my email at eight o'clock. I'm like, step away from the computer. (laughs) You're struggling with it now. This, this isolation in this quiet working environment or work from home at your kitchen table or wherever your spot may be, that's going to be the norm if you decide to freelance full time. So you need to make sure that it's comfortable. Yes. And there probably would be a certain amount of especially if you're feeling a little bit panicked uh-huh. uh, that you do tend to kind of live it, right. you know, so you right. might sit in your office for 12 hours, even though you don't have a project, you might just be sitting there because you feel like you need to be doing something. Right. Um, or you might be constantly checking your email just, you know, in hopes that something's coming in. And so there is a little bit of that. I think starting out, if you're starting out in a situation where you're, you know, you really, you need to be working a lot, mm-hmm. but it can't be, it's not a long-term strategy at all. You can't, you've got to have work-life balance. You do. And yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and yeah. And if you're not, if you're kind of prone to kind of that behavior, you need to be able to recognize that and figure out how to shift it. Right. Definitely. Uncertainty triggers anxiety. That's just mm-hmm. that. And so yeah. everything is very uncertain right now. And I can go into complete and total panic attack right now. Mm -hmm. Think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But trying to achieve the work-life balance, trying to step away from the computer, because I think that that's a big form of uncertainty. If you're waiting for your email to ping or whatever, try to try to adopt as close to regular business hours as you can, because you Mm -hmm. need to step away. You need to pull weeds in your yard. You need to walk your dog. You need to talk to your spouse, whatever it is. You need to step away from that uncertainty and just give yourself an opportunity to breathe because then you can kind of step out of that anxiety spin, you know, mm-hmm. step back yeah. the next day fresh and refreshed. If you miss working like face-to-face interactions with people, obviously they're kind of not the norm right now and won't be for a little while, but you know, that, that can be a struggle for people too, is just to not have interaction on a daily basis where they're in somebody else's space and feeling someone else's energy. Right. And that's hard to replace when you're working from home. I mean, it really, really is. It's great when it's not a pandemic and we can meet for lunch or we can take a meeting with a local client or, you know, something like that helps alleviate that. But there's no substitute for just that inner office energy. Yeah, Which I'm for fine sure. with, but a lot of people aren't. Yeah. Although 
we were laughing before before we hit the record button that uh, it's, I mean, a lot of people are having trouble right now that didn't normally have trouble. And you were mentioning that you <laughs> kind of miss certain things. Uh, we got to give you a little background. So Melissa is just kind of, I, I think she's more of an ambivert, but she's a self-proclaimed introvert. I'm a hardcore introvert. I love to be at home most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I am an extrovert. And, you know, I'm always out doing something. I'm always making friends. I'm a, and You are. I, you are the most outgoing person I know. <laughs> and... And but what's funny about all of this pandemic stuff is I have not missed that at all. I mean, I'm actually like, get a little bit irritated sometimes when I have, you know, when somebody wants to do like a FaceTime happy hour or something. I'm like, Oh, you know, really? Like, (laughs) but like, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying being able to be an introvert for a while. And, And then you're but then you're missing some of the things that you know, the getting out and doing this or that, or, and I do miss, I do miss our Friday lunches. I miss those a lot. Yes. But, but it's kind of funny. I'm the shutdown, not a taco. (laughs) I've had, I've made tacos at home, but yeah. But um, yeah, I kind of am enjoying it. And then I have, I've actually uh, talked to other friends who are introverts that, that normally, um, don't like to go anywhere. And they're like, I had one text me the other day and she's like, I just miss all my friends so much. And I'm thinking, well, we never saw you then. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> and, but it's, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's doing crazy things to people's brains because yeah, it's like the flip flop, like a flipped universe where I'm very comfortable being at home, not interacting with people. That. And you're missing, you're missing people. So well, I had so, yeah. a friend text me yesterday because, you know, sometimes you have friends that forget that it's a pandemic, I guess. Like, I don't know what reality they're living in. She's like, let's all meet downtown. Okay, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> what? But then a part of me was like, gosh, that would be great. I mean, not that I would do it right yeah. now. I mean, we live in a red, you know, red hot zone state or whatever. But, oh, gosh, that would be great. And if I think back to a year ago, I would have been like, pfft. It's Saturday. I'm not going anywhere. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely turned our worlds upside down. So but we can all well, do it together. We are having a singular experience. And if we use it to learn and grow and support one another, I think that we can all get to where we want to be. Yes, for sure. So and that's why we're here. We're here to to help you and to support you. And we're glad to be back. We're glad oh to be God. back Even hitting the record back, button. We're in different places. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be different. Hopefully we can get some uh some video going so we can at least see each other while we're doing this. That would be good. But but yeah. So as always, thank you for listening and head to our Facebook page. Like us on Facebook and and request to join the women of Wobizzle. We would love to have you in our community. Definitely. All right. Well, we'll start working on some more episodes and uh, yeah, glad to be back in the saddle. So glad. Let us know what you'd like to hear. Thanks.